Holy shit, he even has a pop filter. Hell yeah, I do. This is your, uh, this is your office professional setup? It is, yes. People always ask me, do you stream or podcast? Now I can finally say I have technically podcasted. <laughs> uh, are, you, are, are you fit? Are you ready? Don't need to go ready to the as I'll ever be. Excellent. So as you know, I say the words, theme song. Hello and welcome to Hello We Don't Talk, Let's Talk, the show where I, Chris Fervois, break the format by talking to someone that I've I've speak to on a regular basis for episode 50. 50 episodes, I, I did it. I'm proud of myself. This is me uh, in a rare moment of uh, self-aggrandizing behavior. Um, but today we have the wonderful honor of talking to the legendary Mr. Edward Kim. Eddie, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me on it. Um, sorry to break your format. It's okay. This was all. This was all my decision. I was like, fifty is a bit of a milestone. I got to do something special. And what's more special than doing something that is completely contradictory to what I've been doing the previous forty-nine episodes? Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> Congrats on fifty episodes, by the way. Thank you. Um. So that, with that in mind, uh, I'm not entirely sure what more I'm going to do at this point. Cause you know, normally as part of the show, I, mm-hmm. it's someone I've talked to and also I have like uh, things I definitely don't know that I, that I can ask questions about, but you know, we've been friends for close friends for a long enough time where it's just like, I, I know most of what's going on in your life. So I have to like theoretically take the stance of someone who you've left, who, who's been left in your past, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah. I'll preface this with a short story about when I first heard about you, which was uh, at Macquarie, one of my classmates at the original program there, uh, kept calling me Smart Eddie, and I had no idea why until grade six, when it was very apparent why someone might be calling me Smart Eddie and that particular name, uh, mostly face blindness, possible racism, and um, and and you. <laughs> So that's that's that. Um, Eddie, when in your life would would people have lost connection with you, and uh, are there any people that you think of fitting that description? Hmm, that's a good way to frame it. Um, yeah, I think when I think about other guests you've had on the pod, uh, I feel like most of it, most of the, this might be selection bias, but most of the people who I've like seen their episodes and been like, oh yeah, cool. Like what's that person up to? I would say largely it's people we went to high school with. There are like some exceptions, mm-hmm. but largely that. Um, so I feel like that would be like a reasonable framing to be like, what have I been up to since then? Um, and although we do talk a lot, like maybe maybe you will learn things about my life that you have not <laughs> not known. Well, we'll see if I could find the right threads to pull on for that. Yeah, sounds good. And also vice versa. Um, so, so yeah, I feel like that's a reasonable starting point. I mean, like if I'm, if I'm summing it up, my life up until high school was pretty much like I play video games and do science and like, that's kind of my existence. Nah, that's a little, <laughs> that's a little simplifying, but like, no, that, 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 that's the gist of it. Right. Yeah. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. It's instead so, of doing science, I did nothing else. It was just the video game part. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you are much better than me at video games. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. 
we'll 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 boot up another game of Valorant and see how that goes. That's good. Uh, but yeah, I feel I feel like like where the the like the crowds of people who I regularly interacted with where that really shifted was probably like high school and then and then post high school, which I feel like is true for a lot of people, right? Because it's like in high school you like have this consistent set of people you sort of hang with tangentially at mm. least uh, at minimum for like four years, and then you're like you know go and do other things and like live in different cities and stuff. So and you're like fully conscious sentient human beings who have the ability to like cherish moments at that point. You're not just yeah, kind of, man. I mean, true for other people. I don't think it was true for me at that that age. (laughs) I was like reflecting on this um, uh, prior to this, prior to this episode, I was flipping through my old Google photos going like all the way back to like, you know, 2010 and all that. And um, I was like, yeah, man, was I really like a, like a fully formed human at that point? I don't know. Like it's a plus technically. Yes. I I will know that like, as far as like personal growth that I've seen in the people around me, I don't know if it's a consequence of like us being like having been in contact for the entire time, but like you are someone who has definitely seen a lot of changes to like your personality as, as you've gotten older um, at least, at least from where I stand Um, in your mind, like what are some of those changes that, that you've noticed in yourself where you look back and you're just like, man, that was just like so radically different from, from what you are today. Oh God. I wish I could say, wow, a long time ago, but honestly, like a year and a half ago, um, probably, probably like moving to medicine hat and going out West, not, not to make a cliche, but like I went on some journey somewhere and then learned a bunch of things and had some path of like self-discovery and then came back to Kitchener because it kind of ended up that way. (laughs) (laughs) I think hmm, if I, if I, if I'm, if I break it down into like, yeah, like moments where I think like, you know, I've I've like radically changed in how I am personality wise and sort of like things I value and how I live my life. Yeah, pro- probably it lines up with that timeline. But in terms of what the actual triggers are, like one in medicine had like just that it was a very like isolating place, mm-hmm. which makes it sound bad, which is not an inaccurate review. So, <laughs> like, you know, very, very isolating in, in a couple of ways, like literally it's, you know, it's sort of just far from other big cities. Mm-hmm. Um the first half of the pandemic we spent in, in medicine had as well. Um, and, and, and also it was like, how should I put it? Demographically sort of isolating. Mm-hmm. Not that I was someone who always needed like other friends who are Asian or other friends who are very diverse or something like that. I, th- I think it kind of almost comes for free in KW. Like, like it's already a pretty diverse place. So it just never really registered consciously for me, mm-hmm. but I think it kind of did register conscious consciously for me there because it was like so stark for contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so that combined with just like, yeah, honestly, just regularly going to therapy. It's something that I had never really considered for a long time until I like mentally framed it as like, hmm, you know how the people get like mentors or coaches for like your career. It's like, why not? Do, like, is it not exactly the same thing for your personal life? T- turns out sure. pretty, pretty much. Right. So that too, I think, um, I had never really spent much time in my entire life introspecting or reflecting on anything. So yeah, plus plus one to therapy for that. Do you remember any particular impetus that like pushed you over the line into sort of engaging and seeking a therapist? Yeah, I think initially in grad school, just from stress. Uh, and I think that's just a very common story of like just school in general, right? School is like, you know, it gives you a bunch of stupid like hoops to jump through and then eventually those hoops get really stressful. So mm-hmm. that was probably the initial trigger. But I think after that, it was um, like, uh, I kind of want to just keep on it because it's, 
I made the mistake a few times of going to like two sessions. And I was like, I'm cured. I'm now perfect <laughs> at mental health. And so like, I, I did it. <laughs> and Daniel would point out to me that it uh, does not really work that way. Um, and then I think when I started really like seeing progress and change and like getting into it was um, early on with like the therapist I worked in, in, in KW. Uh, right. So for context, I know you know this, but for any yep. viewers, I went to grad school, like in Boston, then here for a bit, then kind of, you know, then medicine hat, then here again. So in that brief period where I was in KW and starting with a therapist here, he asked me a really, really interesting probing question where he was like, like, answer this honestly. If you think about your own career and like how you think of yourself as like, like, like what your craft is. And so for me, that's perhaps obviously like science of some type. <laughs> And like, like, where would you put yourself percentile wise in like in the world or at least, at least the relevant part of the world, like North America or something, right? And I was like, I'll be honest, like mid 90th, maybe high 90th. Like, I think I'm pretty good at science and there's a lot to like back that up. And he's like, okay, where would you rank yourself as like a relationship partner or a friend? And I was like, oh, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh man, like honestly, like 20, maybe 30. Like, I really think about it and th- like, yeah. And then he was like, see, that's really interesting because a lot of people, they really fixate on one of those percentiles and pushing it really, really high without realizing that they might be like letting, either letting those other things stagnate or not realizing and like measuring up, like, like how good are you at those different things? Is that where you want to be? Uh, kind of went on a tangent there, but I guess, I guess uh, that was like- That's that what the that show's framing. all about. The, the show's all about tangents. Excellent. Just continuous tangent. Like, right. If you connect all the tangents, it makes it, makes a path eventually. Right. So yeah, I think, I think that was the trigger. Just having someone ask me that, like, I I think that question was asked me just kind of offhand, like probably a couple of years ago, one of like my first sessions with this therapist who I still see uh, like virtually, of course, Mm -hmm. but that one's really stuck with me because it just had never occurred to me. Like when I think about like being good at life, like prior to that point, it was usually about like, oh, am I good at my job or am I good at like the whatever I think being a scientist is? Whatever value you contribute to like a capitalist society versus like any sort of intrinsic. Oh, uh, yes, exactly. God, capitalism is such such a mind <laughs> slash trap. But yeah, like 100%, right? Yeah, I was like, I was absolutely like, oh, yeah, I, I contribute this much output. Like how many dollars of revenue do I contribute to my company? Like how much stuff did I publish like in some journal? Like maybe I went too hard the other way, but now I'm like, oh, that's bullshit. It's all, it's all just lies. And lies. <laughs> like things that actually matter are like, can you build meaningful? Yes. yes. With, like your friends, can you, can you ask someone how their day went and really like listen mean and, it. and yeah, I mean it. Right. Um, you know, can, can you, if you like, if you have like a relationship partner, can you like actually enrich their lives and vice versa and yet not be completely dependent on them? Like now I'm like, those are what matter. Like fuck capitalism. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, the boys been and radicalized. I say that knowing that, oh, sorry, go on. The boys been radicalized. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's interesting because I say this knowing I'm kind of a hypocrite because, like, as I stare at my desk of a bunch of like stupid computer stuff that I bought and definitely don't need, like, <laughs> there's some weird like dilemma of like thinking that capitalism is a trap and believing it, yet somehow very much still being in that trap. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. It's tough to just like fully commit to the ideal and just like go live off the grid somewhere. Like you're, you're still going to participate in society, but like, you're going to try and like swing, make some nudges to the pendulum as best as you can within those yes. structures. Yes. I, th- I think like, yeah, exactly that. It, it, it's like, um, 
if you can at least be like good to the people around you, even if you're in this kind of like crazy system that you can't escape, at, at least you can you can bet on trying to be good to the people around you and hopefully they're the same. And like that's a pretty good like goal for life, I think. That 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 is a stark contrast to to what I used to aim for in terms of for like, sure. Yeah, like I think anyone who knew me, even even in high school, I would say it's quite a definitely stark in high school. Actually, that you was probably were, when I was the worst. Yeah, you were mad scientist mode. That you know, we were still supporting you, but yeah, because it seemed like the, this this insane idea that was obviously never going to really pan out to like anything super insane. Like you weren't going to be Elon Musk. You, at, I think the mentality at the time was like you, if you had like gone down that path, you would have ended up in Elon Musk territory probably. <laughs> In many aspects, yes, especially his mentality. It's like when, when you see like his inability to just connect with or understand like regular people's lives or what they care about, I'm just like, wow, man, I really could have gone down that track. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so let's rewind it back a little bit, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming out of high school, when the majority of listeners to the show would have mm-hmm. uh, last seen you, mm-hmm. um, take us through your, your academic journey through university. You went up to U of Guelph because... That was where you had the most scholarship money. I we clown on it, you. Yeah. We clown on you for this on a regular basis. I, absolutely, yeah. God, I got clowned on so much at the time for not going to Waterloo, but like, <laughs> hey, it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> um, made back. it to the Waterloo. Of the they South, always come right? back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, hundred hundred percent. Like it, it was about the scholarship money. Um, a savvy, a savvy financial decision. Yeah, pretty much. I was just like, damn, university's expensive. Like, let's make that less of a thing. Um, and I remember like, I, yeah, I remember now I had gotten that scholarship after I had like tanked a couple interviews. I remember I interviewed for the, what's it called? Like the, the Loran or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, I think you can take to wherever university. So my original plan was like, I'm just going to win that one. And I like, take it to where I live. <laughs> and then I got like dunked on in the interview. Um, I don't know if I ever told you this, like the story of just like, ha- like a lot of people got dunked on. This was I, one of those. Yeah. D- where... Definitely haven't heard this one before. Okay. Yeah. See, see, this is, this is a thing I, I really hmm, shouldn't be too unfair to myself, but a thing I didn't do before, which I do now, which I like more about myself, which is like, <laughs> share, like sharing things where I failed. I definitely used to just like chuck that shit out of my mind and thus not share it and like not even be able to mentally register it. So anyway story time about, yeah. So I was at this Lauren interview. I think it was like the semifinals for provincial round, whatever it is. And yeah, it was, it was like a big panel interview with, you know, a bunch of like 17 year olds. And I remember like some people like burst into tears in it. Right. It's like, they would like get called into the panel, come back and they'd be crying. And it's like, wow, like oh, they really girls, yeah. So in my case, it was less. <laughs> so thankfully that didn't happen to me, but like, you know, when you're in an interview and it's like, it's one minute into it and you're already like, Oh God, this is a waste of everyone's time. And yeah, everyone knows like, doing so poorly. Yeah. So it was one of those interviews where they look for people who are like, you know, like the all rounders good at all kinds of mm-hmm. things. And you had like some written application that you needed to write to get to that stage. And they would kind of probe into that to see like, you know, how good are you at the different things? And it was kind of a given that everyone at that stage was pretty good at academics. So they would try <laughs> to like get a sense of uh, like your hobbies and passions. This is where it went very poorly for me because I had mentioned like, oh, I play flute. And they're like, oh, you play flute. Like, do, like, are you like, like grade 10 or whatever the thing after that is called? Um, and um, do you play like jazz flute? Like, like t- tell me about your improv. And I was like, 
I sit in a chair and bend and I try to play the notes that I read. And sometimes I can't play them right. Like that's, that's where I'm at. And they're like, Oh, okay. And this is very telling. Like I think of the applications right about your hobbies and at the time we were very into that video game left for dead. And I had actually written about that. Oh dear. Yeah, I know. And, and I guess they, I don't know. The, some the adults don't want to hear that, Eddie. So I, I kind of forgot, like, you know, this, like context, right? Cause I feel like now it's pretty accepted that video gaming is like a re, like a real hobby and a real passion and real job and all that. Like 2010, like people are not ready for that, especially, all. you know, this, this committee of mostly like older professors and retired teachers, that kind of stuff. And so they're like, and, and what is like you, cause I wrote about it in kind of vague terms, right. And they're like, Oh, you'd mentioned you'd like kind of like, like play a sport with your friends where it's very cooperative and you're blah, blah, blah. And tell us about that. And I was like, well, it's really an e-sport. You know, it's called <laughs> Left 4 Dead and you fight zombies. <laughs> and so what's very tactical, because, and they were like, what is this kid going on about? <laughs> yeah, anyway, it, it, went, it went poorly. Okay, this is a huge tangent. So anyway, completely bombed that interview. And so I think kind of off, like off of that, I was like, holy shit, I better just like take the next thing I get that can like, yeah, help, like help me pay my way through through university. So the Guelph one was after that. And uh, yeah, much, much more chill. And and then when I got it, I was like, all right, I'm just, just, just doing this one. Like this, this will be fine. Um, so yeah, it, it, it worked out. It was, it was, you know, a good time there, but it was, it was interesting that like when I was thinking about like what were like some really, hmm, I can say, I could say a lot of stuff I did academically there. But I can't say much else about like how did I change what I explore, right? It's it's like I think at that time in my life I was just very very focused on academics. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, the, and- the 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 common sense part of you was something that you know we as outsiders to your life would see and just be like, "Damn, this guy is very good at this one area of his life and uh, deficient in other parts." Like when you um, tried to make a super cleaner and accidentally almost made chlorine cast. Like, oh yeah, that part. Oh, wow, that was like in secondary university, yeah. and it's like you know, of course I knew better if I had thought about it, but I just didn't think about it. It like you know, I was thinking about this like this phase of my life in undergrad and how, and how I was and how I kind of conceptualized myself in the world. It's very much like you know the character Mr. Peanut Butter from BoJack Horseman, and he mm-hmm. says that life is just a bunch of random nonsense until you're dead. Like yep. that's that's like how I was. I was like the golden retriever version of. Actually, Mr. Peanut Butter is a golden retriever. I was going to say, you're, you're the human version of this anthropomorphized golden, golden, golden retriever from a cartoon. Yes. <laughs> like, like pretty, pretty much, right? Because, um, yeah, what, what did I do? I mean, I, like, I, I did school. I went, that part went pretty well. I learned yeah. stuff in the curriculum. Like, I made, I made some friends, but I, I would have, I have to admit, like, I haven't kept up with the lasting friendships. Not as long as those people were bad and, like, you know, hung out with the classmates. <laughs> We're good friends during that time, but I just yeah didn't really keep right. up with them. Um, yeah, I, I tried I, to think. Mm-hmm. I said before on this podcast, by the way, uh, j- j- just just a full disclaimer: sure. it's fine to not keep up with everybody you've ever met in your life. No, that's wrong, this, and you should feel ashamed every time. <laughs> every time you drop this podcast that's is an anomaly failure. and an exploration of what happens when you try to not do that. That's hey, yeah, I, I it's I feel fun. That. It's fun. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. also don't feel don't feel any sort of way about being like, oh man, completely forgot about this person. Like, no, that's you're you are your own person. That's that's <laughs> Not fair. Anyone. 
God, yeah. Speaking of that, because it's funny, like there were other people from our high school who like who I knew and like went to Guelph as well. And we were like even in the same year and some people from like years following mine as well went there. Mm-hmm. I remember this happened frequently where like people would pass by me and say hi and I wouldn't register until like minutes later because I was just like very focused on something. <laughs> Probably just walking in a straight line to where I was going. I was going to say walking to the next class. Like actually, yeah. So I think like the number of times for someone would be like, oh, hey, Eddie, and I just walk her past them. I'd be like, oh shit, that was someone I knew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and if you are one such individual, chime in in the comments. Be like, hey, Eddie was talking about me. Oh God, yeah. Oh, so many people. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that as well. Like, I wonder, like, where is it going with this? I don't know. I lost a train of thought. So, <laughs> so, so yes. Anyway, uh, yeah, at, at Guelph, it was it was a good time. I mean, I maybe I'll say it this way. I remember sometime in first year we did a little round table around the class of like, why did you choose to major in this? So I was majoring in this new program, uh, nanoscience, basically applied physics. Um, it was a very hot topic at the time. Mm-hmm. And they asked people, and people had good reasons. They're like, oh, well, I want to become X or like, I, I'm really passionate about like, like this is kind of classic story, but you know, some people are like, I'm really passionate about applying this to medicine because in my family, there's a disease, you know, like, like re- legitimate reasons where it's clear they reflected on it. I remember when they got to me and like people thought I was joking. So they laughed, I wasn't joking. I was like, well, you know, the last few years, there was two really influential video games that came out. One was Bioshock and the other was Crisis. And, and they both kind of involved a very sci-fi version of nanotechnology where you could like give yourself superpowers, have like super armor, shoot bees from your hands. To be clear, this is what I said verbatim. And I was like, I want I want to that kind of world, right? I want to contribute to a world where I can shoot bees from my hands at people and like jump 20 feet. That, that's like the level of thought I put into planning my life. Like it's kind of a miracle. It worked out the way it did. Um yeah, honestly, okay. <laughs> That's that 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 is another thing that you know, a, a trend that has been pointed out time and time again that like things find a way of working out for you. Now, obviously, a lot of the way that things seem to work out for you is because you put a lot of work into making it work. Um, and, and that's something that I, I I admire about you. Thanks. I you know. I used to be like, I used to, you know, people said that about me for a long time, like, like a decade plus. I used to be like, no, it's mostly my hard work. I, I have become convinced it is mostly just luck. luck. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, even Daniels believe this now. She's like, wow, like really is just luck. Cause like, so some part of it I think is like, you know, I think nowadays people would call this like privilege, but being very specific, like, like being mm-hmm. born into circumstances in which I could take advantage of certain things um, or like work was exposed to things earlier ultimately the same thing right yeah um things like that but a lot of it was just dumb luck like okay a oh, great example sure. of this like, like how you found your current house i was actually just going to give that example yes so i mean like i guess i guess you know some of this but yeah for reference we i don't know if you know all of this so we were we come back to kw we were just living in like in an apartment in an mm-hmm. apartment complex and we had this thought like many people i think in our age bracket are thinking like, oh, like it would be nice to have a house someday, but the housing market's are completely nuts. It's, it's yeah, you know, it's every, I think everyone is nuts. Yeah, bidding wars are insane. And we saw like the perfect house for us. Um, it's yeah, like near Cameron Heights, it's old century home. We're like, wow, very much our style. It had been beautifully renovated. Um, and it was, it was listed. This is the important thing. It was listed in our price range, but knowing that it would go for quite a bit over, we were like, well, we can't really afford it, but I guess we could just bid on this bid price. Anyways, yeah. yeah, and that, that, that shouldn't work. And then no one else bid. And then we got it. And we were like, all right. You know what I mean? It, it's like, Guess we're we could have repeated, yeah, we could have repeated that exact situation again, even being the same people. And like, 
it really, I think, just is dumb luck. Like there, there isn't, there's no intrinsic factor why that should have worked. And the thing is, yeah, there's like many other circumstances I could point to for that, right? Like, it's very odd. I can't complain, I suppose, but it is strange that so many <laughs> oh, things. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. too lucky. People don't seem to. Yeah, they, they seem to credit to all this the, 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 this weird force in the universe that, that allows me to like do the things I do without effort. Right? Like I, <laughs> like I don't know. If, if I had to point to a thing that I've done that's enabled that. I honestly wouldn't say hard work. I actually don't believe I'm particularly a hard worker <laughs> compared to most people, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I think it's just that I'm very, very opportunistic. Like one of the advantages of if you are, yeah, very opportunistic and also extremely whimsical and have no real plans mm-hmm. is you, that when- You luck, just do whatever and then things just kind of play out. Yeah, it's like if you just if you just emit enough actions and some of them work out and then you jump on those ones, then I guess it kind of works. And I feel like that's just how I lived a lot of my life. The vast majority <laughs> of my life. Like I can't think of any genuine like concrete plans I stuck to that I've made until very recently. And I'm struggling to think of examples now, but actually I have none. Like like my whole <laughs> life, like it's it's weird because Daniel Daniel and I have often talked about this recently, where it's like her read of me in high school before we had like gotten together and started dating was that like I was this kind of like, you know, mysterious, kind of like, you know, like uh hard to get to know person who like must have had some kind of secret master plan. <laughs> what an actuality I'm, I'm just completely whimsical right like yeah I've, yeah you you there, there are very few cards that you have hidden it's very much all out there and it is as insane as as it is in reality yeah it's like you think it should go deeper but it really doesn't it's so strange <laughs> yeah um yeah and, and it's like honestly not even like a critique on myself it's just it's just that like i just yeah, it's just like, a true yeah and it's just like a very very simple in many ways which kind of works it okay yeah um, yeah, like it's interesting. Cause I, again, like, uh, this morning I was kind of reflecting on like, oh yeah, like what has the past decade of my life been like, like, even when I went to grad school in Boston, like I thought that would have been a very, like, how should I put it? Transformative and growing experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of was professional, like professionally it was, sure. but personally, like, man, I don't know. Like, I guess I learned to cook. <laughs> <laughs> which you did sometimes. Yes. The, uh, the, the one thing that sticks out to me about your experience in Boston is the fact that you like, you tried to go on a pizza tour of Boston and that was when you realized you had lactose like intolerance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cause you were just like oh, going to pizzerias around Boston and be like, my stomach hurts after eating pizza. I guess that's just a normal thing. Yeah. Like, I think I must've actually talked to you about this where I was like, Hey, do you ever like, do you ever hate pizza? Cause like you can eat it and taste good, but then you have this horrible pain for hours <laughs> or days afterward. And you're like, no, that's not normal. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I, I think credit for that definitely goes to Mike, who is very much willing to be like, yeah, this is a, this is just a medical problem. This is not normal. Get some help. Seriously. It turns out all you needed was a uh, yeah, lactase pills or just not eating like <laughs> milk products all the time. Yeah. Super weird. Like things you'd think I would noticed, but yeah, I just didn't really, didn't want to think about it. Um, but ah, this is a lot of cool academic stuff. I guess that oh. was, that was cool. Yeah. That was, that was another thing that was very whimsical. I don't know if you remember, but like most people, I feel like after, like after they go through whatever schooling that they've decided to do or, or whatever other path they did after high school, it's like they have an arc of doing that. And then it's like, they figure out what they really want to do next. I feel like that's true for most people, like going from your young twenties to like your later twenties, but like, man, yeah, I still, I, I still have no idea what, okay, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> <I should catch> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Or at least people figure out things they don't like as well, right? Yes, like, for sure. I, I think you either, if you get lucky, you land on a specific thing that lines up with the opportunities you have and what you like. But at minimum, I feel like most people can eliminate Start the to deduce, the yeah. Yeah, exactly. But weirdly, like, I think I was still quite, yeah, like whimsical and didn't like kind of just doing things as they came. Um, so the example is that like, you know, I, I spent my undergrad doing a lot of scientific research and I was like, gee, science is cool. But like, even to this day, I'm like, science is cool and that it's like solving a cool series of puzzles. Like it, it's fun in the same way that a Rubik's Cube is fun, which I know is kind of bad because I know some people are very like diehard passionate about science. <laughs> And I think that's probably maybe like, if I had to guess, it's probably the read people might've had of me if they, if uh, they didn't know me super closely. For sure. But honestly, for me, yeah, it's like a series of Uber's cubes, which is a bad analogy because I can't solve one, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, like even after like four years of undergrad and then figuring out like, what do I do with this? Like, do I do more schooling? Do I go work or something? Yeah, it was, it was like not at all planned. So I don't know if I told you this story. So I think, um, so you do know that I spent some time in that next 36, like entrepreneurship program in yep. Toronto. I don't know if I ever told you the story of how that came about, which was that, um, a friend of mine was like, Hey, have you heard of this thing? And I was like, never heard of it. And then she was like, why don't you apply to it? And I was like, that sounds dumb, but okay, sure. And, and then you got it. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. And I was like, Oh shit. And then to give you a sense of how poorly planned it was, like it took place over a summer. Mm-hmm. And my original plan was to, I had like lived with Daniel for the first time for the summer before that. Yep. My plan was to do that again the next summer and like work uh, in, in Kingston again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got this thing and I was like, well, I guess I can't live in Kingston. Like, sorry. Daniel was obviously not pleased about this, yes. but like that gives you a sense of like how like very poorly planned it was. <laughs> um, same thing with grad school too. Like I was just like, I'll just apply to some places that I've heard of and sound cool. Um, so you applied to Stanford, you applied to MIT. Like, cause I heard of them and they sound cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did I hear about MIT? Like just the video game Half-Life. Just the most shallow of reasons to to do anything. Yeah. Like speaking, so for example, like I remember uh, a bunch of people in my cohort because like Caltech is also very top like materials and like engineering school in general. And most of them had like also applied there, gotten in and were like considering that. And so I remember a few people in my cohort said like, oh, like, so why'd you pick like, MIT over, over other schools. Like, like, what about Caltech? I was like, well, I never applied there because I visited there, there once and like, they didn't have any public washrooms and like, that almost caused me a real problem. So despite, <laughs> I just never applied. Which if you reason that out, it makes absolutely no sense. But it's just like kind of how I was slash am. Um, nah, that, that reason is as good as any in my book. Like, it, it's like I felt the campus had somehow slighted me by almost so, making me so, show myself. So, so you stick it to them by not even thinking about them as an option. Yeah, it's like, yeah, Every, it's, which, everybody wins exactly. <laughs> in a weird way. Exactly. So, yeah, very, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, and uh, okay, so this is another example because I, I know, like, you know, you have the people on the pod who have done, like, like, like grad school and, like, research degrees, and, and often a very big part of that that people need to put a lot of for forethought and like planning into is like who, like which lab group are you going to join? What are you going to spend a year studying? Right. Like who do you want to be your advisor? And I think many people have had very principled, like thinking around this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like a few people come to mind where, where like maybe it would have to do with like a passion of their research, something in their personal life or like, like a really famous advisor they want to work with because they admired their research. Those are all very, very good reasons. Mm-hmm. Like I went to the visiting weekend for MIT. I met this new prof and like, she seemed cool. And then I, 
there's you know free there's open bars so i was very drunk and i was like wow like your research is cool i should probably just work for you and she's like oh sure okay <laughs> that was it like did not know that that was your selection process yeah it actually was i interviewed with zero groups i rotated zero groups i uh didn't even really plan like a particular project. I was like, yeah, I'll just join your group, whatever. Let's just do some cool shit. And, like that was <laughs> this explains actually this explains a lot about your your grad school experience. Like that's also how I chose a, a roommate, by the way. So I had a grad school roommate who I lived with for like three three years, like after the first year of grad school. The process by which I chose to um, weird because it's symmetric because uh, you know there are a bunch of people in my cohort and in my class. And they seem cool, but like we wouldn't necessarily gel to the point of like having similar lifestyles. Most of them are more outgoing than me. And there's another dude who I was like, I've never talked to this guy ever. And he never seems to talk in class. We should probably live together. And so I told him exactly that. And he was like, yeah, it makes sense. Let's do it. <laughs> Worked out fine. So yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's weird to think that in like many ways I've kind of like stumbled my way through life, but like, yeah, I don't know. I guess just how yeah, it is sometimes. Just gotta keep doing it, I guess. Like, right? Yeah. Like, why? Why? Why fix it? Ain't broke. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to think about because it's like it's span. Like, I was I was talking about undergrad and talking about grad school and like you know school is just mostly what I did. Um, those two arcs kind of encompass to like eight years of my life or something, eight mm-hmm. and a half. Yeah, it's weird to think just about. Just like it. this intense focus on a specific part of your life. Yeah. And then as is my way, the moment it's over to chuck it out of my mind and like never think about it again. <laughs> like, when I, when I think about grad school. I, I talk about it like it's ages ago, but I graduated in 2019, which is just yeah. not long back, not that long ago. Yeah. And, and, and since then you, you've gone into the professional world. Hell yeah. So I was um, towards the end of grad school, like kind of started a little bit doing like, like, you know, uh, consulting for uh, Pfizer. And that was interesting. It was, a great way to make money and have absolutely no life. Cause I would like, you know, wake up in the morning, work, then do like grad school stuff then work again in the evening, then sleep. So that was my first part of, <laughs> so from that I learned never like, if you, unless you must have, unless you must do it, like working two jobs, turns out it really sucks. Yeah. So that was not great. Um, but then after I graduated, I was like, all right, I'm going to have like exactly one full-time job. Uh, actually, this is, this is an example when I stumbled into something and it didn't work out. Because I remember distinctly, at this point, Danny and I had been long distance for, wait for it, eight years. Yep. So <laughs> I was like, like, oh, we're going to live together. And I will definitely always be around for like, you know, dinner and like, Duration well, of and like living and, you know, experiencing life. And we got a dog together as well. And then I uh, joined the startup uh, where I was working remotely and doing like data science, machine learning stuff. And they're like, surprise, you're going to fly everywhere, like all the time. Yeah. Um, so that came as that was, that backfired a little, um, cause it's one of those things where it's like, I guess if you were later in your career, you could just like quit and find something else. But mm-hmm. when you're just your first job, it's like, you don't want to like do that too soon. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the job was good. It was very interesting. It was like, you know, designing new materials with machine learning. And it was also lots of like business to business consulting stuff. So mm-hmm. lots of like overlap with management consulting in terms of the style of work, but yeah, as, as you may know, for management consulting lifestyle, it sucks. Yeah. So lots of like flights to places that no one cares to go to. Um, and lots of like fancy PowerPoints that you just show to people and they're <laughs> like, 
the classic experience was, you know, talking to some executives from, you know, uh, some other client company and you make the 60 slide deck. And after slide two, they're like, all right, I don't need to see the shit. Like, that's <laughs> like, why, why are you wasting my time? So that was, yeah, that was my life for a year. So anyway, not, not to dunk on that company too much. It was actually really good. I learned a lot, but. Um, not for you. Yeah. I, th- I think the reason why I switched to what I'm doing now is just that I wanted a little more chill pace of life. life. Um, if I, if I know introspecting a bit it's also because i'm like capital capitalism is a lie it's a trap like i don't need to like there is no kind of uh true long-term reward of working this hard like yes okay money sure but like mm-hmm. yeah I, I you know I, I want i want to you know work to have a means to live and pay the bills and then enjoy other things like yeah yeah there, there, there's certainly that's something something to be said for like a sort of delayed gratification mindset where it's just like okay if i if i work hard now i could retire like a bit earlier um but that's hard to sort of uh uh like merge with the idea of like well the world's in a weird place especially now and like the future is forever uncertain um so like realistically how much can i be delaying uh that sort of payoff versus like something kind of short-term. At least that's what my current stance is as I evidenced by the amount of money I've spent in the last year. <laughs> Yo, like treat yourself, right? I believe that, that's a phrase people use, but um, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, uh, honestly, I agree. Like like there, obviously there's some amount of future planning that is useful for like being able to, I don't know, like retire at some point or that you mm-hmm. want to, that kind of thing. Or or Perfect for people who, who do not, yet have one uh thinking about like buying a house where it's just like you gotta save up for a while to get that initial down payment and then from there it's like fine or whatever um yeah but like that 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 sort of front loading means that you need to sort of get that capital initially yes yeah absolutely i think i think the part of like the aspect of that where my mind changed somewhat recently like in the past year or two mm-hmm. was that like capital or just like having more money is, is part of it. But also there is this, like, I think, I don't know, toxic idea I subscribe to where, where like working hard is somehow a reward in and of itself or like always building more professional skills or like, I guess this is probably just what people call like hustle culture or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. the idea that you have to always be advanced, like always looking for the next like promotion or big thing or like making impact in the world. It's not to necessarily like dunk on that idea. It's not like doing that is bad. Mm-hmm. But I think it is uh, like it doesn't come for free. This, this, this was basically around the same time where I going back to the idea that like my therapist had said like where do you rank yourself in percentile of all these different things. I think the other follow up that he, uh, he talked that I talked about with him was like and where am I spending my focus or effort in those different areas? Like I think a lot of people they think they've achieved work life balance or, or balance in some sense, but then they forget they've allocated like zero percent focus to other areas of life mm-hmm. until. Something falls through. Yeah, exactly. And they realize like, oh shit, I've been neglecting this area of my life for a long time. Like the classic one, obviously, is things like work versus relationship, but there's a bunch of others too. Mm. Um, Like uh, personal health. Yeah, that's actually, yes, that's another good one. Frankly, through uh, the uh, COVID pandemic, I've kind of let that one tank a little bit, but uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. We can catch up later. We're still young, right? Exactly, right? We're 29-ish. Yes. Sounds right. Yeah, I guess yeah. you are in a few days, right? Happy early birthday. Yep. Thank you. Happy de- uh, delayed, delayed birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 
I don't know. Life, life is, life is weird. A lot of times when I like reflect more on life now and think about like, Oh, what I want out of life. I feel like very old, I guess. Mm. A lot of things I get enjoyment out of now are things like walking the dog or like gardening. These are not things I would have envisioned you in the gardening? past. Yeah. Damn. Uh, very lightweight gardening. I mean, we have like window boxes that I put some flowers in, nice. but the flowers are still alive. So I have technically gardened. <laughs> Any plans for like herbs or uh, vegetables? Uh, you've become quite the quite the cook over the last decade. I remember oh, thanks. being something that you were interested in. We had those cooking sessions intermittently, like True. the sort of last year of high school. But uh, you, in your independence, you have definitely committed harder. And since being able to spend more time with your with your partner, uh, gone even further into making incredible meals that you post to the internet. Yeah, I guess so. I still feel like extremely okay at cooking. Well, I, okay. It obviously depends like who you compare it to, right? Like I definitely yeah. know other people. Yeah. Other a people. Di- who are, a, a discord full of people. Yes. Who are significantly better than me at cooking. Uh, but you know, it's like not a competition. Um, I guess what I mean is that like for a long while, the past few years, I was like, I kept trying to like cook more things, get better at it. I think I've now reached a point where I can comfortably cook a meal that like that we, you know, like that I can enjoy for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point now it's like, yeah, I, I used to always like optimize for, you know, cooking more different things, learning more skills about that kind of stuff. Now I'm just like, you know, I'll, I'll make a nice dinner and I'll take shortcuts where I can. And then it like works out reasonably well. Um, I feel like I was trying to lead up to a grander thought with this, but then it kind of like left my mind. I, I, I guess, I don't know. It's kind of like a, like a, like a prevalent theme, I suppose, that has like popped up in my life over the past little while, where I used to try to always like push in every frontier of my life uh, in terms of things related to skills. I guess if I put it into video game like terms, it's, you know, it's like it's often how I think about things. So if you have a skill tree, I'm just constantly trying to allocate points to like get to unlock the furthest skills. thing in the, in, in the, in the tree rather than, committing to certain nodes in the tree that are of, of some import. Yeah. And, or also, and also just like, you don't always have to be upscaling everything, right? It's like sometimes you just like chill and enjoy. Um, and I think I've been trying to embrace that a lot more recently. Um, pro- probably I think a lot of it was like a nice outcome of the COVID pandemic for me. Okay, I need to face this carefully because I know that like <laughs> it, it's very it's kind of cursed to be like this actual pandemic where many people have died and are still suffering. Like, but for me, it worked out great. Yeah. So what I mean here is that in the absence of being able to like experience a lot of new things that are usually related to like seeing new people, like see like seeing people and talking with them or going to new places, you know. I guess in some sense, like there's a past version of me that would have thought like, oh, if I just like chill around the house and like, you know play video games or watch TV or just like cook the same kind of dishes every day. I'm somehow wasting away, but I've realized that like, actually there's nothing wrong with that at all. Like that's literally living life. Yeah. That's kind of, it's doing fine. something you enjoy. Like why, why yeah. should you feel bad about that in any, at, in any degree? Yeah. It, it's like, yeah, I think in the past year or so I, I've kind of realized that um, I think for a large portion of my life, especially like the time where I was in school, it's like I was trying to race to gain as many possible skills as I could so that when I died, I could be like, I died with a high score. Even though that's not how life works. <laughs> Just like, it'll be like that, uh, that arcade game in Rick and Morty. Oh my God. Yeah, actually exactly that. 
<laughs> wow, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> cursed. But yes, it's basically that, yes. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've now kind of like taken a step back a little to just like actually chill and enjoy my life. Not to say that my life is like in this like horrible race to the finish <laughs> like prior to that, but maybe it's accurate to say that I wasn't. Um, I suck at idioms. Is it stuck to smell the roses? Yep. Okay. Thank you. Very good. I'm, I'm very much better. like, thank you. I'm very much like Biff Tannen in Back to the Future where I like always get those phrases slightly wrong just such that they no longer make sense. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a really bad one I did like where I think there's, there's a phrase flush with cash. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. I think I said plush with cash. And Daniel was like, that it's actually close. doesn't make it's, sense. It's, you know, applauding, applauding you for the attempt. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a classic. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of like chilling in life now. And frankly, I'm like, I'm loving it. Like if, if you had to ask me, what are, what are my goals now? I mean, much like other points in my life, uh, it's kind of whimsical. I was going to ask you that question. Damn. Um, I still, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it was, a, it was actually a question that, so uh, the, the part that a lot of the viewers don't see, and but people on the guests who know you may have experienced, like I, like I had I had, had in my mind that episode 50 was going to be talking to you specifically. Um, mm-hmm. So basically any sort of mutual friend that I had on after the recording stopped and, and I got to just relax and have the stress of an off the record conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I'd ask them, it's like, okay, I'm going to talk to Eddie. I don't know if you talk to Eddie that much, but is there anything that you would like to ask him that you may be afraid to like DM him or anything? Because, you know, the, the sort of cold call DM process that I have for this show is insane. Um, it's, it, it, it's just like boldly initiating conversation essentially. Dude, I love that. Um, that. That's so bold. Sorry, go on. <laughs> um, but uh, someone did have the, the question of that, like, you know, you, you're often seen as like a bit of an ambitious person. Now, obviously, as you've explained, um, you don't actually think that far forward. Like uh, it just kind of happens that 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 you that it, that you find success. But like they they were curious about like what your sort of next steps are as as for for you the the great Eddie Kim. Oh God, yeah. Ah <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I was like consumed by like like yeah whimsical ambition is maybe the way I'll put it when I was younger. Definitely. Mm. Um, and frankly, it's still something I. Sounds weird to say, but I struggle with to not just whimsically have ambitions that I just start like tunneling towards for no particular reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are some. So my, my, my mind almost immediately gravitates to professional stuff. So let me try to, let me just do that first, I guess. Um, sure. Yeah, I think I'm at a pretty happy place now in terms of like the level of seniority I've achieved. So it's probably worth briefly mentioning. So, so yeah, I, I work right now for like a, a multinational tech company. It's headquartered in New Zealand. Uh, but they recently expanded to Canada. So I, so like, I'm now in a like t- team lead type of position. So I formerly managed a team of scientists. I like co-lead um, a matrix team of scientists, engineers. So, it, so I'll be honest, it's a position I didn't expect to get to at, at this age. Like I, I kind of outpaced my expectation a little bit, um, which I guess is good kind of, but also a little weird because it's now like the case where I'm like significant, like, like a decade plus younger than all my peers and also much younger than people I manage. So it's like a little awkward. Mm-hmm. And it also makes me think of like, should I chill out in what I'm doing now before I do anything like to even it out before I do something more or not? Um, I think I'll chill for a little bit. 
uh, in terms of professionally, just like telling where I am. But ambition wise, like, I'll be honest, I think it'll probably be hard for me to fight the ambition of trying to climb like higher, some particular, some type of director position where I'm managing managers and, and like working on, you know, I don't want to go too deep, too deep into like random corporate lingo, but like, like strategic stuff for machine learning and AI. Got it. I think it's, it sounds kind of cursed, but it's not even that I necessarily want to do that. But if I'm honestly trying to evaluate myself from like a third person view, I think it's that I won't be able to resist the temptation of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, your concern is that like it, at some point in the future, you may feel like you're stagnating. So it's just like, well, what's the next step after this? It, that's partially true for me, but, uh, but like, if I really think, let's see here. If I think about the way that my mind processes like am, am, like ambitions and what I want to do next and like, especially achievements, it's, it's very odd. It's like, I, I, I constantly, like I need to seek more. And the moment I get one, I'm like, check. And then I chuck it away and never think about it. And I'm like, no, it's the next one. So it's not a very good way to handle that, I suppose, but it's, yeah, somehow, somehow how it ends up for me. So um, maybe I'll say that. Yeah. I think kind of just climbing the corporate ladder is probably where I'm going to go next. I tried the startup thing, but it's, I don't know, too personally stressful for me. <laughs> um, so probably climbing the corporate ladder at like large corporations, a little bit redundant. Um but if, I'm, but if I'm being real, as as I think is the, the goal of this pod, um, it is more like a compulsion I think I probably can't resist rather than a real goal. Got it. Yeah, a little bit cursed, but just, yeah, keeping it real. There's um, just something inside you that says do this. Yeah, pretty much. Um, can't quite explain what, but it's, yeah, very much like that. Like, that's a good example. Okay, here's an example. So a thing I did a lot and focused a lot on in like high school when I think maybe a lot of viewers would have known me was like like science fair and other other science extracurricular things. Like, did I enjoy it? Like, sure, in the way that a lot of like in the in the way that I would enjoy like throwing a ball back and forth with someone, you know what I mean? Like I'm trivializing a little, but like honestly, it's kind of at that level. It was more than like I felt compelled that I needed to keep achieving more, I guess, right? <laughs> like and, th- and that's sort of like following up on a journey that started back in like grade seven or whatever, when uh, you made it to Canada wide or was that grade eight? That was grade eight. Yeah. So, but, but it's exactly that. I remember in grade seven, I, I went to the regionals mm-hmm. and what struck me there was like, Oh shit, there's another level beyond this. Right. And then I went to the nationals and I was like, Oh shit, there's like more levels here. Like, I mean, you could get there, but then like, but then can you medal? Cause then, and then can you get like a higher ranking medal? And then, An international science fair. Yeah. And, the, and, <laughs> And and then like and then it's kind of, honestly like even like why did I get a PhD right like I think that's a question many people with PhDs get asked and people have varying answers. <laughs> the honest answer for me is that like I mean isn't it just the level ninety nine of like <laughs> of academia? Yeah. Now the sad part is it turns out it's more like level twenty because yes. once you get a PhD it's like well then you kind of need a postdoc then you can become a prof and then you're just an assistant prof you need to become tenured associate yeah. and full prof. And then you're not really influential unless you're an emeritus who like, you know, influences many people until inevitably has some fall from grace because you haven't kept up with the times and like harass someone. Anyway, you, 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 you saw the inevitable end of that. You're just like, you know what? I'm just going to stop a PhD. Like actually, yes. Um, yeah. Thank God I did that. But yes. So, so uh, where was I going with this? So, so anyway, to, to answer the original question of like, yeah, what, what I don't even know. I don't even know what that is at this point. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know either. I think, I think something about ambitions. Yeah. Or no, 
it was actually, what are you going to do next? Oh yes. my God, what a cursed interpretation of that. <laughs> so with my job, try to resist the temptation to do more, probably fail. Um, with that's personal fun. Failure yeah. is fun. True. With my personal life, I don't know. Eventually, hmm, eventually at some point, build a family. Ah, oh, that wasn't as vague as I hoped. Anyway, whatever. We'll see. <laughs> not to make, yeah, no specific plans. But um, these are answers that are not going to shock Danny, right? You're just no. like, damn, I was trying to keep this hidden. I guess, I guess being real on the pod leaked too much information. Yeah, I know. No, no, no. There's like genuinely no, like, yeah, plans, I suppose. No, no concrete plans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose there's lots of like pre thinking work that goes into that. So, for example, I mean, there's the obvious stuff that everyone thinks about, like, um, like if you have kids, are they get, where are they going to go to school? Mm-hmm. Those are those are like an example of like standard consideration. Something I've been thinking about a lot recently, and actually you've probably picked up on this as well, is like so. So growing up, I would say I was very, very though I am ethnically Korean, I was very assimilated and am very assimilated into like yeah, like, like Canadian Anglophone white culture, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, which worked out fine. I wonder if that experience is going to be any different living in like current times or current times plus five, 10 years or something. And also being like half Korean, half white, right? Like I wonder how that would play out for any kids that Dan and I have. I honestly don't know. Right. Like, like where, where does that place you when you were like, you know, like kind of very much between two cultures in a way that you like, can't, can't even like visually escape from. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that I've been kind of mulling on a lot. Uh, probably one manifestation of that is thinking like, oh, well, if they wanted to learn Korean, probably I should learn some Korean. So like that's <laughs> not, that might be a thing to do. Uh, so in terms of things that I'm doing next, maybe maybe that is like, maybe that's one of the things. Like try, trying to really think about actively like- Embracing your culture? Yeah, pretty much that. Because I think one of the reasons that's come into active, there's two reasons why it came into kind of active thought for me. One is that like at least Korean popular culture is like having a moment or has been for the last few years. And in Medicine Hat, I had this instance of like, oh, I kind of want some Korean food. And then I was like, oh shit, there's like, like literally nowhere to yeah. get it. That's good. Um, so I had to just make it myself. Uh, that was kind of an interesting experience. I was like, oh yeah, I haven't really like done this since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I really made dishes as a kid, but like helped my mom or something like that. So it was just interesting to think about like, yeah, what like when you want to connect to a culture, but you also live in a different culture, and, and, and you know, like for context, I've never even been to Korea, right? Like it's not like <laughs> I frequently went there for summers or anything. I've like never been, so it's just an odd thing to think about. Like, like how do you want to preserve another culture, like in a, in a way that's meaningful to you, but not just like a copy paste of like pop culture or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's been an interesting one to think about. So I think kind of mulling on that is another thing of like what I'm doing next personally, I suppose. Uh, have you signaled this sort of intent to your parents about like learning more about your, your heritage or background? Yes. It's got, it went okay at first and now it's going pretty well. I think breaking the language barrier was um, a big, big part of that. This is something interesting that I learned. I never really, sounds bad. Never really conversed deeply with my parents like ever about personal stuff. Yeah. Same. Uh, yeah right. It's, it's like, normal. That, that's a good point. It's probably I've, like, actually that's, this is a strong cultural, like divide isn't the right word but difference i would say between yeah obviously you know this but yeah like i remember when i first okay yeah i remember when i first like in middle school and high school visited other like families homes for dinner to like hang out and then we had like dinner with a family and these are families were like have been in canada for at least a couple generations 
And the, and like parents would ask the kids, like, how is your day at school? And they would have a meaningful conversation about that. And then about like their relationships with their friends and stuff. I'd be like, what is going on here? I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, yeah, I think the same for you, right? It's like your parents are like, how's school? Good, fine, okay. Like, yep. that's it. Done. Like, if, if you were having a conversation with their parents, it was about like a topic, like, like, what are we going to make for dinner tomorrow? And do we have the requisite groceries for that? Or like, I don't know, or, or if it was talking to my dad, like teaching me about some physics thing or something like that, right? Like, it would be like about a thing, not like about our lives. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving back to the question you asked, which is that uh, learning Korean, though I'm still like terrible at it, like a three-year-old's level or something, um, but just, you're, you know, say- you're, you're a Valorant level Korean. <laughs> thank you. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Now when people are like, are you Korean jet player? I can respond in Korea. They're like, oh my God, we're going to win. Um, and then you lose because yeah, you're, exactly. you're not the one who got the dread. Yes, yes exactly. Um, yes, now I can now I can type Korean things and video games people. So that's been, that's been a good milestone. But with my um, yeah, my parents just talking to the bit in Korean, I think has made them like open up a bit uh, like in terms of talking about like their own lives, especially their lives in Korea earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the, like my parents are just much more expressive people in Korean, which makes sense when you think about it, right? Yeah. Of course it is their native language and they grew up speaking and spoke until they're in their mid twenties, but it never really occurred to me. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe it's much more easy to have like meaningful, express, expressive conversations with people when it's like the language they are actually comfortable <laughs> in, like actively talking and thinking. So that has been kind of one of those revelations where it's like, you get a revelation and you're like, oh shit, that was obvious. I probably should have <laughs> known that one, but yeah, sometimes I, I, I got to jot that one down actually, because like my, my parents had pushed me to like you know take a Mandarin class or whatever, even though we speak to Cantonese. That's not here. here I was there. gonna ask. I was like, wait, but, <laughs> but like the, the rationale that they that they always gave me was that like you know you're you're gonna need this for like business in the future because like China's such a big market. So just go take a Chinese course. Um, but yeah, like my conversation with my parents are very much just like that sort of stilted question response done. Um, and with my mom, it's not nearly as bad because like her, like she was born here. So her English is fine. Um, and in recent years, I've been able to like talk to her more about, you know, how I'm really doing and like how my job's going, et cetera. And like actually mean it and not in a way that's just like, I don't want to have the conversation or just, just get this question over with. Um, but my dad is very much just kind of like this box that I can't quite read into. Uh Um, But he'll like, like he is very willing to share stories as best as he can in English um, about his time in like Vietnam or China or whatever. Right. Um, But I I definitely feel like there's, there's problem that could be done that he, that I can't do because I can't uh, get the language right. Have have you thought about learning like Cantonese? No. (laughs) That's fair. Turns out, super hard language. Yeah. <laughs> I. Yeah, actually, I had this. So, uh, yeah, as I'm sure you know, right? Like, like, like in Korean, also in Japanese, right? It's like you just you can also just use Chinese characters. Mm-hmm. It's useful. And I think I've learned like twenty ish, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> like the I guess the Korean slash traditional Chinese versions. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, wow, like. I've got these. How many more do I need to be like functionally literate? And it turns out it's like 10,000. I was like, oh, okay. Like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I totally feel you on like the, 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 the language thing. It's very interesting hearing what you said about your parents saying like, you should learn Mandarin because it's like the more 
dominant language in global business. Mm-hmm. That, that is actually the same as my parents said to me. Uh, they said that about English and French, saying like, uh, that's actually the reason why um, past the age of like four, I didn't speak any Korean at home because they're like, just perfect your English. Yeah, you're, you're not going to need this. Just just focus on the two national languages of the country you're in. Yeah. If you want to succeed. Like seriously, yeah. It's like some hardcore, like, it makes sense, right? It's like, I can, I can loosely imagine that if you... Um, in that time and generation, want your kids to succeed? It's it's like yeah, like hardcore simulation. Absolutely, the way. Just just play the game. Seriously, so I, I was, I think earlier I made the joke to someone. Maybe you heard this too, where it's like my parents basically like they like short called um <laughs> like Korean culture. So like, <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, I lost that bet. Turned out turned out to be super huge, but uh, <laughs> very reasonable bet at that time because mm-hmm. I mean like yeah, I guess even in the 1980s, Korea was kind of like some. Um, how should I put it? Relatively isolated and certainly not globally economically relevant. That's not really true. Relevant in Asia, sure, but not really influencing North American mm-hmm. culture. Uh, certainly not with the language. Um, weird how that's changed. Frankly, just true of like East Asia and just all of Asia in general. I would say. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I remember this is, this is interesting. Like when, when I moved to Medicine Hat, I remember the first cafe we went to. Um, Cafe is not the right word, but like cafe plus like burger joint, I guess. I got a burger and fries. Baby. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> Yes. Actually, the one cafe plus burger joint in the city uh, that was also a board game place and a bingo place. Anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> really just, just everything in one building. Yeah. It was a hangout space. Yeah. I got a burger and fries. And the, the fry upgrades were regular fries. Makes sense. Onion bangs, poutine. Yep. Kimchi fries. Uh-huh. And I was like... Of the choices, I'm surprised that that one is there. Yeah, so Why? interesting how the times have changed. Um, I feel like I had a follow up thought, but then I didn't. <laughs> That's fine. I also <laughs> felt like I had a follow up thought, and I kept quiet. That's totally fine. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't, we're I don't great know. at this. We're a great duo for this. I know, right? Yeah, like it was really funny because before this, I was like, "Oh, I know Chris so well. We'll just follow each other like flawlessly." To be clear, I think we're doing pretty well. Oh yeah, but, for sure. I think that the year plus of just only really having Zoom conversations has eroded my ability to like have a natural conversation with someone. <laughs> like I was already pretty weird, but I've become much, much weirder. Um, so speaking of uh, interpersonal communication challenges, um, like, like, like that, that's a facet of you that I think a lot of people kind of see, but like you mentioned that uh, I, I'm going back to oh, like 20 minutes ago. Um, yeah. That you know, in your in your first sort of gig out of uh, your your grad program, um, you had to do like a lot of B two B consulting stuff. Oh um, God, yeah. How 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 did you find the sort of space to work in where you know you are who you are, but also had to like had to talk to people on a regular basis for for work. It's a fair point. Uh, weirdly, it's fine professionally because it's so structured is maybe the way I'll say it. Um, and, and I find this is true uh, of a lot of aspects of both work and school. I think at least just for like how my brain works or something, when there's like a, maybe a playbook is the right way to say it for a conversation or for even like where to physically place my body in a room or something. It's very, very easy. Cause then it's just like, there's a rule book, just, just follow it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. When things become very unstructured, that's where I really struggle. So I, I can get some examples here. So um, I'll start with one that's not about work and then I'll go to a work one. Um, 
So in terms of the physical thing, like uh, in a classroom, you sit at your desk. This is like, there's not, there's nothing to it. You just yep. follow the rules. Super easy. At a party, at, at, like, at, at a house party, weird to think about a time when those are still a thing, but yeah, like <laughs> way, way in the before times when house parties are a thing. Yeah. Like I really struggled with that because there's these dynamic, like, you know, groups of circles of conversation that form and disperse. Um, and if you just don't have the intuition for that, like I do, you like walk in a circle between circles and get really confused and just like stand on your corner. <laughs> and it's not even like that I'm like, like it's not, I don't mean to paint the picture of like, oh, I'm sad in this party. No one's talking to me. I stand in the corner. It's like, no, I like genuinely don't know where to place myself in this room. And it's like blowing out my brain. So like, this the corner is open. I will just go there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So that's one example for, for work. Um, I would say like when you're in a, when you're talking to people and, and you're in a meeting, there's just such, such a high level structure for it, right? There's an agenda and, um, or like goals that you gotta, that like you try to get out there. Exactly. It's not, it's not like a real conversation, right? It's like you're, you're often trying to solve a problem or asking questions like, like that. And for me, that's what makes it, that's what makes it work. And, and so I think in terms of my job, I would say it wasn't until a couple of months in that the people I worked closely with kind of picked up that like, Oh no, like Eddie's actually super awkward in real life and like <laughs> kind of like putting putting on a persona for work because it would crop up more in one-on-ones where I think if you're good at one-on-ones, you talk a bit just about life before that. Mm-hmm. But I think it became too clear that I had like a very scripted way of doing that. And when it like got too like unscripted, I, I'm the type of person where it's like, you know, if we were if this is a work meeting and we spent a few minutes like talking about life irrespective of what you had talked about, even if, it, if you're starting to get really deep into some personal thing, I would just be like, so it's now five past the hour. Why don't we go to our agenda? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh God, it's become too unstructured. Like need to do work things. Get yeah. back on the rails. Yeah. And, and so kind of in a funny way, that kind of worked okay for consulting. Cause like people just perceive me, I think as like, Oh, like this is a guy who wants to like, you know, like stay close to business, get things done. That's, that's fine for like, you know, some fast paced startup. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's worked out less well in like office socials and stuff. I, I think because I've been working in engineering and like tech companies, it's kind of fine. People are like, well, whatever. He's just kind of weird. Like yeah. NBD. It's, it's par for the course. There, yeah, there's no, exactly. There's no red flags going off in these conversations. Yeah. And, and I think honestly, I've, I've become like, much more upfront about it. I think in the past couple of years of my life, it's like when I start to get to know people better, I'll like straight up tell them, I'm like, hey, so just FYI, like I can do very structured social things, but there's no structure. Like, please expect me to just be like completely like lost and I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm not necessarily not enjoying myself. I just like, you know, like give me a framework that I can work with. Otherwise <laughs> I'll just like wander and do weird, like random things. Um, so... And I've also been pretty upfront about telling people like, oh, I'm an introvert. And I mean this in like the classical sense where it's like, I can spend some social time with you, but then like it will drain my batteries and I really need to like not interact in order to recharge. Yeah. Please don't be offended by that. So I think I think just in like the current social discourse, people are much more understanding, understanding about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, for example, I'm obviously, like, I hope obviously enjoying this but it's like the one social thing on my calendar today that involves talking to people. I was about to say, we, like, we, like we have a thing book tomorrow. Are you going to be okay for that? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it is a social thing that I can prescribe my own structure to, right? Because, um, yeah, for example, you don't have to talk to people when you're eating food. So Exactly. So, 
gonna be good. Yes, looking forward to it. Same, honestly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I can only like like maybe another way to say it is I can only down my brain to like a hundred or zero. Like there's really no in between. Hmm. So it means I'm just like standing there, staring off into space, doing absolutely nothing, or like really putting all of my brain power to thinking like, where am I gonna stand in this? Like especially like big social events, right? Like like a cocktail party at a conference or something, right? Mm-hmm. Cocktail party is not the right term, but you know what I mean. Like a just like an open bar kind of thank you schmoozing yes. where there's like hors d'oeuvres and stuff. Yeah, like those are the things that's like either I genuinely stand in the middle of the room and stare off into space, or I'm like really intensely thinking like I'm gonna stand exactly here because that's closest to the wine and also equidistant to like the free like cheese or something. <laughs> and then, like yeah. But then my concentration gets concentration gets broken when someone's like, "Oh, and who are you?" I'm like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Damn it! Now I can't focus on like when when's my opportunity to get the next cube of cheese or something." Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this 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 is a day in life. What a what a life. Yes. Um, um, so Eddie, yeah, you, you said you're a big fan of structure. So I'm gonna ask my my singular structure question that I've started to ask everybody that comes on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what it is. Who's yeah. someone from your life that you would talk to if you were to host your own version of this show where you talk to people you haven't talked to in a while? Uh, that's a good one. Um, so I have two possible answers. Well, no, yeah. Like, probably my cousins. So I have well, a lot of cousins. Is that right? Yeah, I have a lot of cousins. But most of them I haven't seen since I was a kid. And I think they live in, like, Korea or some people, like, in, you know, Vancouver or something like that. So that would be interesting. Uh, mostly just because it's like, you know, when you haven't talked to an extended family in a while and they're like reasonably distant extended family, mm-hmm. kind of cool to catch up and just be like, huh, what are people's like, what are people up to? So probably the extra context here is there's also a language barrier. Many of them are only fluent in Korean. Ah, uh, gotcha. So in this imaginary version of it where I could also speak Korean or they could speak in English, like that would be interesting because like the reason we're very distant is that it's not like we can just call each other up on the phone or even write an email. It's like there's a genuine fluency mm-hmm. barrier. Um, so I think in a fantastical world where I had a podcast and could somehow leap over the language barrier <laughs> one way or the other, that would be super interesting. There's like closed captions at the bottom of the screen as you're talking to each other to make it. Honestly, that could work. I, uh, that is an interesting idea. But knowing me, I won't act on it. But it is an That's interesting cool. idea. <laughs> uh, are, like, are, are these cousins of like the sort of similar age range, uh, like generation thing? Or are they like old, uh, older or younger? Generation, yes. Age range. Uh, I got to think about that. No, probably on average plus eight years for me. Oh, wow. Sorry, meaning that they are eight years older than me yeah. on average. With a spread of like plus minus two or something. Mm. That's probably much more. <laughs> anyway, yeah. No, no, no. The, like these that. are the exact right words to describe it. That's how people usually describe ages, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. But probably that. Yeah. Right on. Nice. Um. Is there anything else you would like to talk about today? God, there are so many questions I can ask you, but I don't, I don't want to run the clock on that. And uh, hmm. no, I think, I think we've covered a lot of good things. I feel like I maybe rambled a lot. That's what I like to have happen though. So it's fine. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It was, you, know, you, did a, you did a great job. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to ask and learn more about how you're doing. I guess I could literally ask you tomorrow, and I probably will. Um, I'll be as cagey tomorrow as I am today. <laughs> I, I was actually going to say, because then I can dig into things more, because you're not, not going to be being recorded, right? How are you really doing, Chris? Tell me everything. Um, I will ask you that tomorrow. So 
the spoiler for tomorrow is man work is exhausting and i don't know if i want to keep doing it oh my god okay something that daniel and i often say to, uh, to each other after a day of work is like wow it's just this for another like 40 years right like yeah it's like i'm i'm like not fully anti-work but man i enjoy my leisure time a lot and i don't know what i could tolerate doing as an occupation for an extended period of time yeah it's tough like there were times during the last year i was just like let's let's quit work and be a twitch streamer because i started watching a lot of twitch streamers just like i could do this i can't do it it's hard um the the first hurdle where you're just like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna start doing it i'm gonna i'm gonna broadcast my gameplay it's gonna be great i'm gonna talk to my chat there's no chat to talk to are you insane (laughs) um like so 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 it's just like me staring at the screen doing the game part and then i'm like just waiting for any individual to type a message in the chat so I have something to go off of. And then um, and then from there, it's just like explaining what the game is because I play like a lot of games that are different that a lot of people may not have seen before. Um, mostly roguelike deck builders because those are uh, a, a game space that like work in my brain. Right. Um, but yeah, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, getting like traction on a new thing is hard like frankly speaking of like amazing traction on this thing like sticking to anything for this long is very impressive as, as you know i have a very short attention span so mm-hmm. i could not have stuck to a thing this long yeah when you said that you had like been watching episodes because like you know I, I know you don't have great multitasking capabilities um so 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 say that you are a a, a viewer participant listener um in any way it's just like man i'm taking away like an hour and a half of this dude's life because it's just focusing on this one thing. Accurate, but still worth it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. That other people can listen to podcasts and absorb anything while doing something else or or especially watch something that blows my mind. Mm. Um, yeah. It, it's why I stick to one monitor. I have like a bunch of friends who, you know, being gamers, they'll have like the game on one screen and then like a Twitch stream on another. Mm-hmm. But like, man... At best, I could just listen to the Twitch stream and, and focus on the game. Yes. Um, this happens all the time in my daily life, like if I'm doing, especially chores around the house. As I always tell Danya, the thing I find most difficult in my everyday life is manipulating many small objects, where many is more than two. <laughs> um, so it'll, like, you know, I'll be like washing the dishes and she'll be like, oh, hey, can you like grab me something? And like, no, I'm holding a plate. I can't do anything else. Like, like, I, like my existence right now is holding this plate. And then maybe also washing it. yeah it's tough tough life how was the new house it's awesome like honestly like now i would hedge but no it's awesome it's fantastic love it there's some weird stuff because it's old but like no it's great love it it's very much our style (laughs) uh any changes that you made since moving in or plan to do um yeah i think we want to finish the basement at some point but i'll so yeah, you know, I'll be honest, there's uh, some stuff we were going to DIY, but then I learned that like I could DIY something, do it wrong and then have to do it again and call a professional or just shortcut <laughs> skip, and call a professional who actually end. knows what they're doing. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like, how should I put it? I'm like, it's almost stereotypical that I can often think like, ah, yes, theoretically I know how to do this thing. It's going to work in practice and like just does not. <laughs> so it's, yeah, just better for me to call in some help. Um, the stuff that I can do, 
myself as mostly the gardening, which which I've been doing a bit of. That's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> like, even painting the walls, I don't think I would do myself. Like, I'm just way too absent-minded. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, I've hurt myself in really dumb ways. Like, oh, I mean, what's my most recent injury? Um, there. Okay, so here's one. Uh, like our, our bathtub faucet was leaking. So I went to go inspect and fix it. And to be clear, I walked into a tile bathroom knowing it was leaking, knowing the floor was wet. So then I immediately was like, well, I can't see the faucet. I have to like crawl on the ground to see it. Better do that as fast as possible. And then slipped and dislocated <laughs> my shoulder. And, and it's like, you know what I mean? Like, like I think most people would have like, like could hold that context in their head as they plan the further actions for the next five seconds of existing. I just can't like it's so weird nope straight to action the yeah. andy kim story like i often talk about this with with dania that i'm like I, i'm genuinely very lucky that like the things my brain is good at not talking apparently the things my brain is good at um are is i don't know if we're going with this <laughs> you, you got in your head about your english that yeah it just like spiraled out of control yeah really did oh my god anyway things are gonna like so i'm very lucky that like it happens to be shaped perfectly into a couple jobs that like allow me to like live and pay my bills because (laughs) if i couldn't do like i guess like the particular science stuff that i do Mm -hmm. i'd be so screwed right like i could not hold down any kind of like like what skills exist here if not for these specific ones yeah like the vast majority of jobs in the world I just could not do because my brain is like not wired to be able to do that kind of stuff. Um, You're built differently, Ed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just built different. Yeah. Yep. Works, uh, it works. Yeah. So on that note, uh, I, I think that's a, that's a fine point to sort of wind down the show on. But of course, this being a podcast, I'd like to give my guests a moment to plug or promote anything that either they're doing or believe warrants more attention. Um, so Eddie, do you have anything to plug at this time? Oh my God. I knew this was coming. I didn't plan for it. That's, <laughs> that was a mistake. Um, yeah. I'm going to copy. Was this the previous episode or the previous previous, which is the, like, um, I think Eugenia said this, right? Like just, Hey, if, if you're watching there, listening to this and like, want to reach out to me, just do it. Like, yeah. DM me. Don't be a stranger. Um, <laughs> like Old genuinely. Game. Sorry. What? old meme don't be a stranger yeah i know right yeah but like genuinely don't be a stranger um so that's one god do i have anything else uh do, do you need to do you need a moment to ask daniel if there's anything that they want to get up there here let's okay here we go uh donate to your local humane society because people land on the spectrum of like good and evil but animals are good no animals are at least morally neutral i suppose so it's like <laughs> it's like if you help more animals you're at worst karmic neutral which i think is pretty good fair enough keep keeping the karmic balance of the universe that's what i do <laughs> and you're doing a fine job of it as always we, we look forward to to seeing your future exploits accolades what have you eddie thank you so much for spending this early afternoon with me uh, yeah. I'll see you tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, cool. All right. That was fun. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. Uh, and to you, dear listener, uh, whoever you are, whoever you are, 
wherever you are, whenever you are. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I definitely miss said a word, but I'm not going to go back on it now. Um, I will catch you next time. Hell yeah. <laughs>